You're listening to the Roofing Success Podcast, a show created to inspire roofing contractors to achieve optimal success in their roofing businesses. I'm the host, Jim Moline, the co-author of the book, Internet Marketing for Roofing Contractors, how to triple your sales and turn your roofing website into an online lead generation machine. I'm also the co-founder of Roofer Marketers, the digital marketing agency for the roofing industry. On each episode, I'll be sitting down with industry leaders to talk about their processes, the lessons they've learned, and how to find success in roofing. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Roofing Success Podcast. As always, please share, subscribe, like, comment, do all of those things. If you want to take the conversation beyond listening to the show today, go to Facebook, type in Roofing Success and join the Roofing Success Facebook uh, group. Today we're today we're here for, I mean, for a lot of reasons, but we're we're not just here for the owners today. We're here for the salespeople, the sales managers. Uh, we're going to have some good conversations here with our our friend Ben Menchaca, top producer. You know, been in the industry a long time or or for a while now, and has has really evolved and developed along the way from a salesperson into a sales manager. Ben, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of. Tell the audience a little bit about you, how you got into roofing and, and, and what you do currently. Sure, sure. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate the platform to showcase just some of the knowledge, share the knowledge with the industry. Let's elevate each other, right? So my name is Ben Menchaca. I'm from Money Making Minnesota. I work with Hail Pro and I, I do sales and, and in charge of uh, national recruiting for them. So I'm a project manager. I go out there and I knock doors and get deals, extract revenue from the marketplace, just like everyone else, um, but in charge with developing. Now, the challenge becomes like after I've been in this, and I'll get into my story here in a minute, but after being in the industry, this is my fourth year. I like to say that I'm graduating finally, you know, um, but being in this industry, I've learned sales. I learned how to dominate sales and dominate door knocking now. I've been asked to, you know, um, kind of like duplicate myself and others. So that's the new challenge, new level, levels of leadership. But yeah, I originally came from a trades background. Um, I grew up in the trades, um, probably never made more than 30, 40 grand in my life, worked with my hands, used my back. And uh, there's something to be said about that because it creates the basis, the foundation for your work ethic that really that can't be taken away, right? Now we can change the vehicle, which I did, and it accelerated my growth, my income, my zip code, my my bank account, everything. Because, but the vehicle matters. But that work ethic is really hard to teach, right? It's either you got it, or it was brought instilled in you, or, or you got to learn it. And learning it at a different age, past your thirties and forties, is very difficult to learn a dog to learn new tricks. So I'm very fortunate in that that I can. I changed and altered the vehicle, got into this industry. I got into this industry, like I said, four years. I'm going to my fourth year. Um, basically, I was working eight to faint. I was working at a job I wasn't passionate about. I wasn't particularly confident in my field. Um, I, I, I was working on HVAC. I bent air, so to speak. You know, <laughs> um, So I worked in a sheet metal shop, and then I got to work on the um, projects, And I just felt like the crab mentality of a job. Someone's always trying to pull you down so you don't take their job. And I just felt like there was a lot of scarcity within that 
business model. And I, I just got sick and tired. And then one day, I, uh, Cam Harris, shout out to Cam Harris, introduced me. Cody Dorschel introduced me to this industry. They said, we knew each other from the MLN space. We were always trying to learn different business models. And they said, hey, you'd be great at the storm thing. Come and check it out. I thought it was a joke. I didn't know people made $10,000, $20,000 a week, a month. I thought that was just crazy until they showed me the checks. And even then, when they showed me the checks, I still was comfortable in my state of being comfortable, right? And not wanting to change. So I had my day discussed in like January. They contacted me in like June trying to recruit me. And then I didn't give in until like January, February, where I just said I simply had enough is enough. I couldn't afford my rent. And I'm like, dude, it's not a lot of money. Why can't I afford my rent? It was just, I wasn't passionate about life. I was just not self-sabotaging behavior, spending all my money, being broke by Monday. It was just a bad, vicious cycle. And I said, when I couldn't afford my $600 rent, I like a, a light went off and said, I'm not living like this anymore. And I said, hey, listen, let's jump. Jump in the net will appear. That's what Cam Harris said. Just jump, bro. Just, just jump and trust me. And I took off, drove from Dallas, Texas, all the way to Chattanooga, Tennessee in one night, then went to Maryland. And then they shipped me down to Virginia Beach where they had a fresh storm. And I was with like a hundred different salesmen from across the U.S., young people, old people, mostly young, not knowing what the hell to do. Here's a hat. Here's here's some uh, contingencies. Good luck. So trial by fire. That That's a big that's a big change to make. And a, a lot of people, as especially like what you said getting into your thirties and forties and having to make a change in your life. Right. There's a lot of, I mean, that it can be a difficult thing, right? Like it can be an extremely difficult thing. What I like, what you said was you could change the vehicle. So, you know, you can be on a path that you're on right now. Maybe you're hitting a wall. Maybe you're not just things aren't feeling right for you. You could take the work ethic that you've developed and move it over into something that will, you know, kind of have a, a clear path in front of you, right? The highway's cleared. The, the, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to toil through it every day and and and, and struggle and you know it, for 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 the little things when you can find that avenue, uh, you know that 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 can provide you with with a greater level of success. But the confidence to do it, where did the confidence come from? You had said that, I mean, you, you had some people that were just saying, Ben, let's go, man. Is that where the confidence came from? Or or what, where did you have to find that confidence inside yourself? What did you have to do to find that confidence to say, I'm going to take this risk? Well, I think, you know, we have different, like Sam Taggart likes to say, watermarks, right? There's different watermarks in life. And every time that I've had to hit a new water level, I've always had I, I borrowed other people's confidence in me before I had it in myself. Mm. I just trusted them. They saw something more in me than I saw in myself. And then once you, once you have success and you start seeing the results, then the confidence comes 10 X tenfold. And then you and I talked about Grant Cardone and where that came from. This, the mindset, like the think was so small back then. I got a bigger think now and I could see people who were, younger than me, making incredible incomes and living incredible lifestyles. I'm like, well, if they can learn it and they're that young, I can learn it. If I just humble myself, get myself out of the way, you know, big ego, little bank account, you know, you just get yourself out of the way and be humble and do the activity. And then 
Grant Cardone told me not only to do that activity, but to 10 exit. And every time you'll 10 X your goals, you inadvertently hit your, your, your mark every time. Yeah, that that's awesome. And, and, and that's what, you know, what we talked about, like that was one of the, my favorite books from Grant Cardone is the 10 X rule. And, uh, and that's what I took from it. It was, you know, when you think you, when you have a goal, right, let's say you, you need, you have a, a goal to knock a hundred doors and out of that, you will hope to, uh, you know, close, you know, 10, 10 of those, uh, homeowners, right. If that's your goal, knock a thousand doors and it'll guarantee you that you will, <laughs> that, that you'll hit those 10 that you want. Right. Yeah. You can hit, effort, you know, yeah, you can hit your, you can hit your marks. And that's the thing. I didn't know that there was a recipe for success. Right. But these people, they went out and did it. They extracted the pertinent information. They shared it with people and then boom, the light goes off. I ne- never thought of it like that. Right. Well, I can knock a thousand doors. It's physically, I can talk to people. Physically, I can knock on a door. Physically, I can explain the offer. It's possible. So let's just, like we talked about before, let's get ourselves out of the way and yeah. go with people who have our results and not their same problems. I, I also see, you mentioned something that like you, you said, man, I was looking, if this person can do it, then it makes it more relatable to you that I can do that. And I hear that story so many times from, you know, even from salespeople, but also from, you know, someone who had a subcontracting business and now they own a successful roofing company, right? They, there's a, you know, they sat back and they go, man, if that guy can sell roofs and I'm, I can install really, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I can manage the installation. No problem. If that person can sell roofs, I can do that also. I think that's a, a lot of times. How much do you think of that played into kind of or or plays into it on a on an ongoing basis? Now that you're hiring and training and things like that, how do you impact that into the people that you're training? I think we still have that little bit of doubt always with all us the in the back of our mind, right? I mean, I think it still exists, but now it's less has less hold on me and what mm-hmm. I can do. But yeah, it just well, it all started back to, you know, we used to go to these MLM conventions and learn about network marketing. You see these top producers, million dollar, $2 million producers on stage and they give their testimony and you're like, man, that dude's short, and fat and bald and ugly. Like, dude, if that guy, like, it's just, it's kind of like a weird deal. Like you think in a weird way, but it makes sense because it, it gets the fire going. It gets the brain amped up and just thinking about different possibilities. Whereas before you were limited to a certain amount of possibilities. Now the possibilities become endless and you can think, well, if that guy can do it looking like that or do like that, whatever, like, and if that guy lives there and it's, there's not even that many people and he's still got a network of, you know, you just start comparing yourself in a good way and say, you know what, if they can do it, if any man or woman can do something, then I can do it. All I have to do is put in the work. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and doing that. So MLM for is multi-level marketing for, for those who don't know about that. So those are, you know, so it's kind of the, you know, I mean, you would, some would call them the pyramid schemes. They're not, yeah, pyramid, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, there's not really a lot of pyramid scheme. They're not pyramid schemes anymore, but like the multi-level marketing and it, it, in those, I bet you learned a lot there. Um, yeah. But, I mean, those, those businesses are great sales training uh, breeding grounds, I think, from the ones that I've come across. Well, I've seen, well, look at Becca Switzer was in uh, um, Cutco, right? Cutco. That was another one. She had a record oh. month. And it's a thing is like, 
it was great because it taught you about people, like how to win friends and influence people. One of the first books I read, Jim Rohn and his great, all is great. It just made it more palpable and simple. It put success in a really simple, easy, direct terms and kind of instead of making it, oh, I had to be born into money and all these rich people are bad and all these things are taught. It wasn't the same. This guy didn't come from this and you just learn these stories. But yeah, they were great at teaching sales moments or sales tactics, like um, just knowing who you're talking to, right? Knowing the personality types, knowing not to uh, vomit the information on them. It's more listening and getting to what people tell you how they want to be sold. Everyone's not different. And I think coming from a non-sales background, just outside looking in, you talk to somebody the same way because you don't know this. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a skill that you have to be taught, you know? So yeah, it taught us a lot about personality type sales, when to ask for the sale, when to close, like basic general things that I still use today. They're kind of goofy. Like for instance, when's the closest time to now we can get together Tuesday or Wednesday. You know, I just use that stuff and it's so corny, but it's effective and it works and it's simple. For sure. And so you, I mean, your sales, uh, your roofing sales career took off when you started, right? Like how was, you know, what was the trajectory of, of your sales career in roofing? Like how did, how was that first storm that you worked and then, and, and going forward from there? So, yeah, I got started in uh, 2017. Um, so it's an interesting story. So my first month in the business, I knocked 850 doors. So. I didn't talk to 850 people, but that's what it said in Spadio, right? Like there was people home. There was people I had to follow up with. I love Spadio. I don't use it anymore, but I really do miss it. It was really great at knowing the numbers, right? Um, so I knocked 850 doors. I compressed time frames in that one month, and I went through overcoming objections, body language, voice inflection, all these subtle things you never paid attention to as a civilian or whatever, yeah. you, you, you kind of just like see, oh, what to say, what not to say, um, how to be effective, because here's what's the thing. They dangled a little piece of cheese in front of you that said, I will give you $100 if you get the salesman on the job, on the roof. He does the inspection. He calls in the claim. Doesn't matter. You get $100. So me being from the trades and only making so much, a couple hundred per week, maybe a thousand a week ever in my whole life. If you tell me I can make $100 in 15 minutes or 10 minutes by just explaining the offer or doing whatever. I mean, I sucked before I got good, right? So I said the worst things at the worst time. I said, you know, stuff like, hey, this guy, uh, like, hey, my manager's right behind me. And, you know, I get paid $50 <laughs> to get on your roof. I'm just trying to keep the lights on, man. Can you do me a solid? You know, I would say whatever. But I said what I did. Well, I said what was wrong till I knew what was right. I just went through so many of the activities, went through so many doors. You can't tell me anything that I haven't heard. I've heard the worst things and I've, I've learned to tweak it and get more professional, more direct and creative because I noticed that everyone was saying the same thing. Mm. And I noticed the beauty of being a creative person and saying the same thing, but a different way. Yeah. And that was where I kind of like, I would use different words. I'd have a thesaurus. I'd have these different ways to differentiate myself between all the other guys. And before you knew it, I was getting, you know, I was at one point in my canvassing career, that first couple months, I was feeding eight salesmen on the block leads just by door. Just by They'd door. always want to go out with me because I would get on roof. So 
I just learned really fast what to do and what not to do. I compressed time frames, and then I graduated to learning. Like I really didn't know what the parts of a roofing system were for the first two years of my career. I really didn't, but I knew people. I got to know people and what they like, what they didn't like. It's just basic, right? What they like, what they don't like, you know, they don't like, and I learned these things and they just stuck. And once you do something enough times, a ratio appears or a value appears and it just sticks to you. And like, I don't deviate from a lot of the things that I did. Now I tweak a couple of things because the market's changing as we talked about, but the basics are there, you know, um, and I, we can go into the, all that later, but it's just, you just learn by trial and error. I swung the bat more times than the other guy, you know? It's that, it's that uh, you know, true mastery comes from what is it like 10,000 repetitions, right? Or something yeah. like that, right? Like the, it's like a number that gets thrown around a lot. And it, it's like, that's the truth. I think a lot of times we get hard on ourselves for not doing a great job. And I see this. You know, I got I got twin six year old tw- twin six year old boys, right? And, and and one of the things that you see in them is is that you know they're starting to get to a place where you know they're trying maybe soccer or you know things like that, and they're like, man, I'm just not good at this. It's like, well, you've only done it a day, right? Like, but I think that's something that we naturally do is we get down on ourselves for that instead of treating it as the process that it is the learning process, right? Instead of treating the, you know, treating it as, hey, this is just kind of gamifying it in a way, if you want to, right? Like, so what was that? What were some of the things that you did specifically? Like you went out on a, on a door and did you just tweak your words at each door and, and kind of see what worked? What was, what's your process in developing your sales pitch? So my sales pitch was like trial and error. I tried all the things that didn't work and I, some things would work with the right people if they like me. But I knew one thing I had going for me that I wasn't afraid to talk to people and I was kind of likable so I can get away with a little bit. You know, I'm not Sam Taggart, good looking, but like I, I'm all right. Like it's, not, you know, I could get away with certain things, just natural ability. But what I learned was is that, you know, for instance, there was a major storm and all these door knockers there, you know, the war zone. It's a war zone when you first get there. And I could not get onto these roofs with my basic pitch. Hey, how are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm this, that, the other. Um, and we'll go into that here because I got three tips for your audience here. But yeah, for sure. I basically learned like I said, hey, I know you've been inundated by contractors. I acknowledge that they had been knocked doors of their door had been knocked 15 times. So let's get that white, the elephant out of the room. Let's get that out of the way. Let's acknowledge that, set the intention. Hey, I know you've been inundated by contractors, but where are you at in the process? I'm just here to see where you're at in the process. Laid back, nonchalant. It puts it on then, gets them to speak, buys you some time before you do the real pitch. And um, so my three tips would be, be brief, be brilliant and be gone. Okay. Nobody yeah. cares about your company name. Nobody cares if you're a better business bureau, master elite. They don't care about that. So be brief. They want to know why are you here? What's in it for me? And what does it entail? So basically, I got down to basic human nature because people are most likely selfish. That's how we are, right? We, we care sure. about our needs. So what is it 
I had to get myself out of the way because for a long time, having a job, you have a union job. You think you're a sheet metal guy and a union guy and you're a big shot. But, dude, you got a big ego and little bank account. So that doesn't translate. So I had to relearn, like I said, in going from your 30s and 40s, like you said, to changing. I think I deserve a lot of credit for even changing to to do it where I'm now because it's so hard mentally for old people to change, you know? So I, I got myself out of the way. I found out what others wanted and I just served to that. Yeah. Me. So that's a good way to, to think about it too. When you're at your door is, you know, uh, you know, you gotta, it's not about you. Exactly. It's not about your company. It's only about them. It's only about what's in it for them. And it's, you know, you said about being brief and, so that's being respectful of their time and, 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 and all of those types of things that come along with it. And that you acknowledge that they're being inundated by contractors right now, right? Like we know this is happening. And I've heard you talk about this recently, and that's the three phases of a storm. And, uh, and, and so that the, the first phase, and you can say it yourself, is you, you say that it's, it's when it, it's like, you're, the the homeowners are violently opposed to you being at your, at, at the door, right? Yeah, that a little bit. So Schopenheimer come, came up with this in business. It's not my original, but I but it it describes what we do so perfectly. Before anything break can occur, there's going to be massive, massive opposition. Like, why the hell are you here, you damn storm chaser? Get the hell out of here, or, you know, whatever. Because they just don't understand, like. For instance, we're here in Iowa, fresh storm, great Midwest state, very nice people, probably one of the most nicest markets I've ever worked in, even if they don't want to do business with you. They're super polite about it. Shout out to Iowa. Um, but right now it's like massively opposed. Everybody converging on this one town from all over and they've never seen it. It's like they've never seen that many people at their doors ever in their probably whole life. So you're scaring these people. You're shocking them. They don't have all the information. They're kind of Midwest savvy people where they take their time and do their due diligence and, and see, you know, so right now, Matt, we're at the stage of, well, we're in the, between the massively opposed next is the uh, uh, consistently or majority ridiculed. You're still ridiculed because it's just two layers of opposition. You got to go through before you hit the home stretch. And so right now it's kind of like, Oh, you're late, dude. You're the 15th guy here. You're too late. Get out of here. And they're just telling you this or, okay, great. So why haven't you picked somebody? Let's dive into that. And I try to unpack that with them. I don't, I, I let them and people don't understand. Like I don't take the first no, they, you got to tell me four times. No, before I leave, because you don't know what you don't know. You don't know the offer and value that I'm bringing to you. And I believe in so much what I do that I'll take a no, I'll take an ass chewing, just to get you the information because I believe in what we do. Um, and the third phase is a majority of acceptance. It's like mass appeal. Everyone's doing it. You're getting some builds. You're getting approvals. Social proof is there. And then it pops and opens up for everybody who are professionally qualified and just doing the right thing out there. They get noticed more and pe people talk after that. Yeah. So I noticed like, you know, some of our clients on the agency side and contractors that I talk to, they're always, they always want to be that first to the door, first to, you know, that first contractor there. But you're, you kind of have a, a different approach to that. You're not as focused on just being the first there. 
you don't care if there's a hundred other people knocking the door, you're, you're going to relay your information to that homeowner in the, in it maybe with a slight tweak in your pitch, essentially to stand out in the crowd. I like that, yeah. man. You know, I think that a, a lot of times, you know, people get caught up in that. Like we just have to, if we're the first ones knocking, we're, we're going to win. And then, and that's it. But they forget about the rest of the, of the storm. Like this is a, there's a timeline here. Yeah. It's a, it's a marathon. It's yeah. not, it's not a sprint. And here's the thing. It's like, I tell I tell some of my clients, like, you want to be the most clear, concise, assertive, creative product that they see in front of them that day so that you stick out in their mind the next time that they make that uh, decision of who to go with. Because a lot of these people are cookie cutter and there's no it's white noise to them. It's white noise. Yeah. So, you know, when I when I do the be brief, be brilliant and be gone, I'm, I'm saying, why are you there? What's in it for them? And what does it entail then i give them hey all right great i'm going to do a 360 evaluation in your home document any damage i see and go over your options afterwards let me grab my ladder because and the be gone part is time is of the essence we have to cram 12 months of income into six months we can't waste our time with the tire kickers no offense walk with the walkers run with the runners right but i'm going to be the most creative professional brand you're going to see that day and i'm going to stick out because of my knowledge my um the way i explain things to you you're going to be thoroughly versed and then i give people like free advice hey i just want you to know you're going to continue to get door knockers here until you make an agreement and have a sign out in front and this is what to expect free information you know i'm just here to share free information i've done this a number of times here's what to expect during the storm here's my card if you need anybody if you need me to help you look over anything i'm here to help you know yeah. And, and just having that, the, the, the minds that, that mindset. And I think that that shows at the door also the, the, the person that's there for the dollar. Yeah. It, it like people feel that. Yes. The person yeah. that's there to help, they feel that also. The, the, yeah. You had mentioned like body language and, and, and things like that. What do you do in, in you know, specifically more, you know, to, to put someone at ease, to make them understand that you are there to help. I think that what you have to do, you have to like, like where you were just talking about, we have a term for that called commission breath. People could smell that on you. It's an energy. It's nasty. Nobody likes to smell that, but it comes off on you and you have to be genuinely interested in them and helping them and just Hey, I got no attachment to this person right now. I'm just going to put my best foot forward and try to help them or at least try to leave them more educated than when I, before I knock the door. Yeah. If you don't do business with me, that's fine, but you're going to be more educated because I took the time to knock on your door and that may give you a a 30,000 foot view on your decision-making here coming on out, because I'm going to let you know what to expect, good, bad, and ugly, what could occur, what will occur, what may occur. I'm going to give you the whole scenario, set the intention in the beginning so when this stuff starts happening, the guy takes off with the check or, or they're being, they don't know how to handle the trades. Well, we went over this before. And then you look like Nostradamus. You look like the most, you got to become the expert. Yeah. And you and said, so, and yeah. just offering them help for free without any entanglements, no obligation. I always say that you're under no obligation to do business with me. I'm just here to help and let you know if you qualify. Yep. 
and you know? leaving them and, and having the intention of just of leaving them more educated, as you said, right? Like there, sales has changed, right? The, the, and and it, it's, I think it changed a long time ago, but you know, you have the, still have the saying like the used car salesman and the, you know, things like that. And that's where, you know, people don't want to be sold. So right, right. we're talking about education and, and, and building their trust in you as an expert. That's why you get hired. Not because you had some fancy sales pitch, right. The, where you, where you got them right to well, sign. Well, <laughs> you, well, you can, you can get them, you but can. they're not going to, but, but if you have to drag someone across the finish line, then you're yeah. going to have to drag them across or the starting line. You're going to have to drag them across the finish line. You may get them, but then when you leave, they got that buyer's remorse and they call and cancel. So you yeah. you never had them. And That's plus it. the same, the time that you take your precious time, just sitting there being cool with them, shooting the shit, that time right there is um, showing them that, Hey man, you're making them a priority first. How many times do people are a priority in people's lives nowadays? People are so distant and non, you know, conditional with people. The fact that you took time out of your busy day to sit and listen and talk to them about their azaleas or their hostas or their car or their favorite team. Like a lot of this isn't even talking about what we do. It's about other things of your interest and what they do. Oh yeah. I'm from the Midwest too. Grew up here. Oh, I'm from, you know, whatever. It's just creating that connection because with social media and the internet and our day and age, everything is, there's not a lot of connection, deep, deep relationship connections. And when you're able to do it out there on the block in under 15 minutes, 15 seconds, you know, 15 minutes, whatever, 10 minutes, it's just pretty special to them. And people appreciate it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about that, how it's harder to grab people's attention these days, right? It's harder to grab their attention. Um, but now you've moved on kind of not, or, or moved up, right? You have become a great salesperson. Now you've been asked to, 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 to duplicate yourself. Yeah. So now we're like, how has that been going for you? What lessons have you learned in that? You know, I would say that I have a lot to learn on leadership, five levels of leadership and, John C. Maxwell, like, so I am, I'm, I'm failing forward. You'll be happy to know, but um, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. And, and again, I don't know why it's these spurts. I'm learning in compressed time frames. I'm learning about this in the summer. I recruited some people this year. They didn't work out and I felt bad because I'm feeling like it's my fault, you know? But what I found is that, you know, people are responsible for their own actions, their own activity, and if the tongue in their shoe doesn't match the tongue in their mouth, then that's on them. You know, I can only, I attract top talent from everywhere. I don't have to advertise. People want to work with Ben Chaka, but all I ask is that you put, I don't, I think people think this is a show. Like I don't go out and knock doors like I do. I think it, because when I, when you come with me, I say, let's go knock because I want you to be self-sufficient. I don't want you to depend on anybody for your income. I want you to be self-sufficient. I want to teach you a skill set that will take you out of this industry and you'll just always be valuable when you can extract value and revenue from the market or provide value. That's what I want to do. So anyways, 
going back to your question, I learned that people are um, like they want to have leads. They they can only knock in a fresh storm. They 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 are kind of spoiled. Some of these, the, the, I'm 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 experimenting with my next group of recruits, and they're um, from all over the country. Some from Argentina, and some from Brazil, and different places out of the U.S. And they have really respect America and work ethic, and they're killing it right now. And I don't have to tell them to go knock doors. I don't have to tell them to stick and stay to a certain time. They do it on their own. They're self-sufficient. They spent a couple, like literally one week, they're self-sufficient. Now I work with another guy and I know, you know, it's like, so it's, it's getting better, but I think that becoming a leader is like, first of all, you have to, you have to do what you say you do, right? You have to lead by example. So if you in, I just, you know, I just get out there and show them what's been effective for me. It's maybe not their style. I'm pretty aggressive as you can tell. But I'm going to show you what it takes for success and what that looks like energy-wise, commitment-wise, focus-wise. I'm going to show you in person, in the flesh, what that looks like. And then you go and tweak it and do your own thing, make it your own. But you're going to know the basic foundation of how to get this thing done. Yeah. And that's that's a key part, I think, in, in, in what, what you've learned is, is learning the the how to convey the basic fundamentals and foundation of things. People are going to have, just like you were probably taught some fundamentals and then you made your tweaks on top of that, which made you, made it match your personality and match your sales style. And, and that's what has helped you find success. It's a different thing though, right? And, uh, you know, it, it's difficult to, you know, people make businesses, Right. So having the right people, having the right teams of people, you had recruited some people you said that didn't work out. Now you're finding some, some people that are working out, uh, you know, better. It sounds like what are you, what did you look for initially and what are you looking for now in terms of, of when you're kind of in that hiring process? I think that, you know, initially you're kind of, uh, you're kind of like in awe that people would want to work with you. So you kind of like cast a wider net. Right. But what I found is that, you know, I had the the $2 million producer, I had the million dollar producer, I had the, you know, the, the killers, you know, and, and I had the new people that just got out of high school. I've, I've trained like young people already now. Like I recruited some little kids yesterday to go knock doors. They got me on three roofs. But I noticed that the people, first of all, man, it's hard. It's like herding cats because people, you can do what you, you need to do. But in order for other people need to do, you need to cast the vision and cast, you know, what, what trajectory we're on. Let's get all one band, one sound. So first of all, you have to, to convey that. What I was looking for before were numbers. What kind of numbers is people? That's all I cared about, right? Can this guy produce? Because we can handle the rest. But what I'm looking for now is that what, how do they get their leads? How do they generate business? Are they good at networking? Are they good at uh, HOAs? Are they good at knocking doors, straight knocking doors? I need to know how you are becoming so successful. How do you lead, Jen? Because we are a door knocking company. We are a door knocking culture. And if you're not going to door knock, you simply won't fit in here and it's going to be awkward and be weird. So I look for people who can just go out are coachable, have a burning desire to win, 
and can follow directions right now. That's what I'm looking for. And the people that I talk to now and the conversations are, are like, okay, what do you want to make this year? What's the level of commitment you're willing to give me? And can I count on you for this many days? That's all I want to know. And if it, it, just so we're on the same page, I think it was the, the qualifications and the direction was vague because I'm a laid back guy. I don't like to be anybody's boss. But as a leader, you have to take the bull by the reins and set the course for the soldiers. And I'm learning that. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that that that's a good le- that's a huge lesson to learn casting the vision and getting people on board with it, making sure that you're recruiting the right people for that vision, right? Like you said, instead of asking for what your sales numbers are, hey, what are your what are your prospecting numbers looking like, right? Like, where do you prospect? How do you prospect? Because a lot of people may have been fed a million dollars in business. Right? Yeah, and that's, yeah. That's what I'm finding out. I'm finding out these numbers, they may be real, but the way that they got them, like I had a guy, he was this, that, the other, the guy did not like to knock doors. He wanted an assistant and his numbers weren't even over half a million dollars for the whole year last year. I'm like, dude, like what, what were you doing at that other place where you did all these millions of dollars? Like, cause you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. We, you find out. Time promotes you or exposes you. Definitely. And that's what I'm finding out. These people, like you said, you could have been fed or the guy, the partner you were with was the guy, the closer, and you were just the guy getting them in front of them. You start finding out the real nuts and bolts of people's activity and how they've got to where they've got. Yeah. Resumes are hard to read. Like, they, you know, everyone puts their best information in a resume. Everyone speaks the, you know, very highly of their skill set in an interview. It's really tough, right? It's tough to decipher, but I think that's a gold nugget right there is to, 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 to have the conversation of how they got to those numbers. Yeah. The story of how they got into those numbers, man, that, that will tell you a lot about someone because if they just answered the phone, and that was, you know what I mean? Everything was coming to them. Then they're missing a part of the sales process that you may need in your business. Now, if you're looking for someone to just handle the leads that are coming in, maybe that's the right fit for you. But if you're looking for someone that's going to go out and generate business, knowing that they're willing and able to do that is much more important than that than 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 the if they can close right like um, that, yeah so you had mentioned you know a lot of people want to come and work with you and I mean you've done that by building a huge social media presence right so what what platform did you start on so mainly I've just been on Facebook um, okay. and Instagram I just got on the TikTok I'm super excited about TikTok. Yep. Because I hear some great things, like I hear a lot of business being done on TikTok and it's exciting and um, a lot of good collaborations. But I just did, here's what I did. Um, I took my journey, you know, I even put when I worked in the sheet metal shop and I worked on these big jobs, I put it on there. So you saw Ben Menchaca go from sheet metal in the trades and you start seeing him on roofs all the time, roof selfies and all that. Yeah. And I just started doing it and I said, oh, two, two inks, five inks, 12 inks. Record week, I would just announce my wins 
celebrate my wins and then I'd be on to the next and getting more and more. It was like a game, a game of fighter, right? Like how many wins can I get this week? And after a while, like you go from peaks and valleys to straight peaks, you know, like it's all yeah. peaks because you created so much momentum, but I've always documented everything on social media, like maybe too much. You know, I give away a lot of stuff, but that's how people know me uh, through Facebook. And now they've been following me and following me. They're like, dang, dude, you're still doing this. You're still hitting these levels. You're still up and to the right, new different things. And then, of course, it led me to get exposed, you know, by Dmitry Lipinski. And I did a yeah. one interview. It just blew me out of the water. And I got people calling me from China, England, every. This guy wants me to go sell shingles in China for him. Like it, it's just the power of this, this, this platform, this vehicle that we have is free advertising. And I learned it from Grant Cardone because he said, if no one knows you, they can't flow you. You could be the great, greatest printer, the baker, landscaper, anything, any profession. But if nobody knows you, you can't get any revenue from them. So it's not about bragging. It's not about showing showing up showing off it's about showing you know people know what i do That's right. i don't have to tell them my social media is my resume and it's got proof and it's got numbers and people have seen what i can do there's a consistency that ben and chuck goes out gets deals and recruits everyone knows that now and so it's just a great time to market yourself if you're if you're good at what you do, if you're bad at what you do. I mean, it's either way, but like, it's a great way to get people to know who you are and what you do and what you stand for. Yeah. There's a quote. Would you rather be best known or best? I love that one because the one that the person who is best known gets the business. And if, if people don't know you, you will not get business, right? If people don't know what you do, so you just, what you did is you just documented your journey. So when you started off in social media, what was that? Did you do it consciously? Did you emulate like a Grant Cardone's social media style? How did you develop what you, what you take a picture of, what you don't take a picture of, what you say on camera? How did, how did you develop that? I just wanted to show how hard I worked. And mm -hmm. how long I was out there because I wanted people to see what it took to hit the top levels in the industry. I wanted them to see the daily. Um, I do it now. I wanted to see the heartache. I, I did a video where I was bawling my ass off because someone stole all my back end money, you know, and I and I was I was being raw and real and I was showing the good, bad, and the ugly of my journey and yeah. all the places I was I was excited to see uh you know, the beach for the first time, the East coast. I was excited to work down in Naples, Florida with all that great amount of wealth down there. I was excited to go to Minnesota and have the snow and the seasons. Like I just documented every, like, where's Ben at? Well, he's working here. He's working there. And then I show what damage looks like. And then I show why you, what you should look for. And I, I show people the, what could happen. I show people the initial um, amounts of a claim and how we took it to here and how that is possible and how your insurance company, you know, is in the business to mitigate as less loss as possible for the shareholders. It's business. And so I just documented things that I felt that were interesting to me and important. And people just keep watching, you know, they just watch and watch because I'm in the field. They're on the sidelines and most people aren't going to be like me, be crazy and go out and do this stuff, you know. So it's exciting 
and they seem to like it. And like I said, that I'm even amazed at some of the stuff that's been helping people and some of the DMS that I get. And, and like, I, I did a pitch diagnosis live with this guy down in Mississippi. He, I go, he told me his pitch. I go, no, no, we got to tweak that up, shorten that up. He goes, proceeds to go to the next door and get from the roof right then there on the phone. I wish I would have recorded it. Oh, I, wish, I wish I would have recorded my first year in this business. I wasn't so much on social media at that point, but I got on like after, after I got to Minnesota. So, okay. So I went to Virginia. I worked there for a couple months, did some numbers there, but I wasn't a, a salesman salesman. Then a, a storm hit in Minnesota and it would hit in June 11th. I got there in August or end of July. I did a 90 day run, did half a million dollars. So what I'm known for is going in, doing 90 day runs, doing a half a million dollars. Last year, I did a six, two month run April and September did 700,000 in sales. So I'm, I'm, that's my style is compressed timeframes, hit a high lot of volume and then, um, and just outwork everyone. Man. So you had said, so essentially what I heard from your social media strategy is similar to what you talked about at the door. You're leaving people more educated than when they, before they watched you, if I could put it in words, does that sound kind of like a, a strategy that you, that, yeah, that you yeah. have? I don't well, want to, I don't no. want to put your strategy into my words, but that's what it well, sounds like. Man. It like, seems like, yeah, it's a consistent theme. And here's the thing, yeah. you know, storm chaser, roofing guys, this whole industry has got a bad look to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to change that and educate people say, no, this is how people feed their families. People are willing to leave their zip code to go help your family get to back to pre-storm conditions because they're experts here. Just because they're expert here, you mean they're not an expert in this town just because they change zip codes? Yeah. It's preposterous. I'm, a, I'm trying to eliminate these preconceived notions of our industry because this industry changed my life, a lot of people's lives in a way that I've never seen other any occupation has. Yeah. You know? For sure. I see that all the time. It changes people's lives. So you had mentioned now from your social media presence, people are reaching out to you to work with you. This is a big lesson for, for, for those listening, right? Putting yourself out there and being in, being on social media, being in front of the camera, being honest, being open attracts people to you. If you are a business owner, a roofing business owner, and you have a hiring problem, you can't find enough good people. It's tough when you have to go and put an ad on Indeed. That's a tough place to find good people. Use your company's branding, use your personal branding and your and, and, and your exposure and, and your authority that you can build through social media to attract, wouldn't it be better to attract top talent? <laughs> like, well, and that's, and that's what they teach. Like um, in um, network marketing, there's the people who have the home parties and they go through their list of friends and do it old school way. Yeah. And there's other people who go out and do lifestyle videos and training videos and, and add value and they attract people to them. It's called like the attraction method. So yeah. here's the thing, what you got to understand, like we we're talking about before, Business is changing. If, if you have to have some kind of brand out there, you have to have to do videos. You have to put yourself out there. Trust me, like it works. It works for me. My life is uh, unbelievable. <laughs> like 
I, I live in a badass mid-rise right next to the Mall of America. I, you know, I, I live with like actors and athletes at, at this place. I, you know, I drive nice vehicles. I, I can eat wherever I want. I don't worry about my phone bill anymore. Like, I'm t- and it's all because of social media and this industry and putting myself out there. People think I'm whatever, but you know what? They, they watch, they still watch. And I'm out there, like I said, just trying to put myself out there and show somebody who's looking for an opportunity to, Hey, that the American dream is still alive and well, this is the American gold rush as we know it in this day and age. And you don't need to have, you could have a record, you could be a dropout, you could be a former drunk, whatever. And if you get your life together and get it straight, this industry, and you can do whatever you want. I mean, I'm not even a top, top guy in the industry, but I'm one of them. And like, you just see like, man, I've got work to do. Like there's so many people just living incredible lives and being able, and the best part about it, man, is like, I get to help people now. And, and it's not about me and my survival. It's about, dude, I, I have so many different opportunities outside the industry that I had because of Dimitri and all this stuff. And it's videos. Yeah. It's like, now I get to help people. And that's the best feeling. I, I don't care what the money's great and lifestyle's great. But helping people, that's not that's next level stuff because they call you and tell you, hey, man, I don't know. You gave me this book one time and or you roomed with me in your first year in storm. You remember we roomed? Well, you're still going. You inspire. You know, people call me and say that it's just really heartfelt. And I'm glad that um, I just stuck and stayed, man, and, and dealt with all the bullshit because I could have quit a bunch of times with all the stuff that went through, you know. It is. It's one of my favorite, like the the one of my favorite, like memes. I guess you could call it. It's the the person digging with you know a, a horizontally, and uh, one is you know like one turns around and walks away, and the like the diamonds or gold is like just on the other side of the dirt, right? And and it just takes a couple more shovelfuls, and you would have been there, and uh, and so the opportunity is there. But what advice could you give someone? I mean, I guess you have a little bit, but, but what else could you, could you say to someone that's that they're on that edge there? They're, they're like, man, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. I would say, this is what I would say. And you, you just covered a little bit of it. You're three feet from gold, man. The fact that you're going through all this resistance, the universe is testing you to make sure you, you want what you say you want. That's Mm. all it is. I would say expand into the resistance because into the resistance, the blessing is beyond the resistance. This is just part of the deal. It's the price you pay to get admission. Expand into the resistance. You're three free from gold. Don't stop. If you need to borrow someone's belief in you, borrow mine until you get yours. That's what I would say. Because I come from a blue collar I'm not a college graduate, college dropout. Like I have no education, um, but I learned to listen to people and, and, to, and to listen to people who have what I want, not what I don't want. And I got around those people, soaked it up, and I just did what they told me to do. But then I 10x and went overboard. But I would just say you're, you're three feet from gold, expand into the resistance because the blessing is on the other side. That's awesome, man. And that that's that's the real truth. And and then I like what you said, you 10x'd it because I think that a lot of people don't know what it really 
actually takes. And you had mentioned that about what you do on your social media and that as a strategy of showing people like I'm, you have to be out here. You have to be knocking. You have to be putting yourself out there on an, like, this does not stop. The work, the grind does not stop. Um, And, and, and so what do you think? I think that there are people that they go into it, they go into things with expectations. And sometimes those expectations are different than what, what the reality is. And once there's a little bit of a challenge, it's gone that, you know, I see that all the time. Um, what, uh, you know, what's been, what has changed in the industry over the last couple of years and what do you see changing into the future? You know, man, I'm really in this particular market too. I'm learning a lot. Oh, so when I started, like, uh, the people were like, people are more educated now. The consumer is more educated. Um, they know how to game the system. They know that, you know, this guy's going to give them this and this and that. And, and, um, and, uh, MRP programs. I've got a lot of guys, there's a national company in town right now. Who's getting all the deals because they're MRP and it can't, you know, and it's just like, and I noticed, uh, you know, insurance referral, insurance referrals are gaining. Mm. I've never seen so many insurance referrals in my life in any year the last two years, particularly this year. So MRP and insurance referrals are really kind of hurting the average door, the average door knocker. Like me, I can, you know, whatever we can overcome different things and we can get into why, you, you know, like this guy said, uh, I go, do you have, a, are you working with a kind con- oh, what's going on? He's like, Oh, the justice coming out Friday. I go, are you working with someone? Oh yeah. The insurance guy hooked me up with one. Like, you know, the insurance company hooked me up with a contractor. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So that's happening. I think referrals, any, like you have to have, you have to door knock, but you have to have a different way of generating leads, whether that be social media, whether that be um, referrals through insurance companies or property managers or however you do it. People are just, I noticed that the people that I'm competing with have gotten in somehow Um. where that wasn't like that before. It was a free for all may the best man win. That's not necessarily the case. It's the most network person nowadays get because he, there'd be areas where I see one sign there and that guy knew the insurance guy. He called him, he got an invitation to the block party. So, uh, and then I'm learning that you have to, you know, have some kind of social media. Like if you don't have some kind of film, some social branding, you're probably going to get left in the dust here in the next year or two, because Look what you do. Look what all these guys do. They put themselves out there and, and people recognize that. Look at world's greatest roofer. He's on TikTok. That guy has got some amazing offers and it's just people. You have to put yourself out there. Like we talked about before. So those are the things that I've noticed that there's different referral systems and and MRP programs that are really crushing into this market. And I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels that way, but seems like this, opportunities getting saturated like there's yeah. a lot more people in here than when i started for sure yeah the the i think that it is definitely you know opening up there's there's a but i mean there's there's still a ton of opportunity but I think no right opening up 
So one of the things that we noticed, we talked about this a little bit, right? You talked about the three phases of a storm when that, that, that top point of the storm where people are violently opposed to you. That is the time that I believe that, you know, everyone is shooting to be there that first week, right? That first, you know, couple weeks right after the storm, even that first day after the storm to be the first person at the door. But what you talked about just now with the MRPs, but more a little even a little bit more with the insurance agent referrals and things like that is maybe the the conversation changes or the mindset needs to change to be there before the storm yeah right? yeah it makes sense yeah right be there before the storm be there be the person networking with the insurance agents be there and you know it's hard if you were chasing storms right you going to this Iowa storm you wouldn't have known what insurance agents in what town to develop relationships with, right? But if you're up in Minneapolis, you know, you know it, you're in an area that storms are going to come through, you can develop those relationships and build on that. Shout out Matt Danskin, you know, he he, he has a good, great system on, on working on that type of stuff. I've had him on the show, um, you know, that, that, so being there before, and it's difficult to compete with the MRP programs a lot of times, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, you know, it, it is. Uh, and, but I see contractors, the ones that I see using them successfully, use them to get into the neighborhoods. And then they they knock and they use the traditional sales strategy of, hey, we're doing Bob and Bob and Sudie, Susan's house down the road, right? You're, you're using that as an into the neighborhood. Um, but, uh, but, but being there before, and that's what social media is like, is, is getting your brand out there, being recognized allows you to be top of mind when the storm hits. Um, so I think it's a bigger challenge, like I said, on when you're chasing, right. When you have to go to different locations, but if you can build that, uh, reputation locally, uh, and things like that, I mean, that'll that could definitely Yeah, I've got, I've got people that call me like there was one guy he called me from Wisconsin. Hey, we just had a storm here. Do you know a reputable contractor? Hey, I'm in Missouri. Do you guys have an office? Does Hale Pro have an office down here? I'm like, no, we don't currently yet. But like top, like you said, top of mind. If they don't yeah. know you, they can't flow you. Who was who was the last person like like even when I'll, I'll go through and there'll be all these door hangers and you're coming behind them and you put yours like if you're not first, you're last, but like, if you're not last, <laughs> you, they're not going to remember you either because like, they just remember the last touch that they got. This is, this is still, I believe it's high tech, no doubt it's becoming more high tech, but it's people we're high touch. They can't tell from a text or a flyer who Ben Menchaca is until yeah. I get in front of them. And so that's why I think it'll never go out of style, but I talk, me and Matt Dance can talk about this all the time. And I, I'm just strictly door to door and I love it. I, and he's told me, hey, man, since stuff's changing, I do have to admit, man, like I'm seeing what he's been talking about in the field and in reality. Like people are just, well, how do you get over here? Oh, he knows this insurance agent. Oh, he's working with this MRP. Like it's, it's happening. And maybe pretty soon we, we don't even, go to the doors. We just have a form and, and they order everything off an app next time. Who knows if that's coming, you know, that, that it, it's happened in a lot of industries, 
right? Like that technology breaks things um, for sure. And, and, and so that's a, that's a big thing for sure. What, uh, what, what would you say the greatest insight is that you could share with our audience that has helped you find success in, in roofing and, 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 you know, what you could, you know, impact on them to, to help them find success in roofing? I think personal development and developing your mindset has been the greatest strength that I possessed without having the skills coming in. The personal development is going to keep you in the race while you're struggling and broken down by the side of the road. It's going to keep you mentally ahead of where you need to be. And it's going to keep you in the game. Um, you get the mind right, the actions follow and the results appear. But if the mind's not right, you're going to have a hard time making that connection to do the activity because it doesn't make sense to you anymore. Well, what the hell am I fighting for? I keep failing. Well, da, 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 da. you know, someone said it's, it's okay to, to, uh, to go through your valleys, but don't call the interior decorator, man. Like you're not staying there get out of there. So I would say the greatest thing to me and they, people can take it what if they want with it, but like I have a strong mindset and it's been allowing me to go through not getting paid to switching companies and doing what I had to do. I've lost relationships that I could have probably been married by now. I've made sacrifices that no one knows about. I've been in blocks all over the zip codes in the U S at eight at night and, and trying to get this guy to sign. And this like, it tra- takes a tremendous amount of mental discipline to deal with disappointment daily, to deal with the, the, all the f- for sure things that cancel, to deal with the check that didn't come in when you needed it to come in. Like there's just a lot of mental things to deal with. But once you'd seen them enough, it's just like, like I'm talking to one of the new guys. He's like, what's going on here? Like it wasn't through a storm. Doesn't everybody want a roof? I go, we're going through the three stages. We're, exactly where we need to be we're just getting this massive opposition but just wait we're going to get ridiculed next but then it's going to pop and pretty soon you'll do way more deals in one day than you did in the last two months because that's just the cycle so i would say personal development is something that people should probably invest in the how how we do everything you know how we do things is easy we knock a door we explain the offer. We do the inspection. We meet the adjuster. We pick out colors. That's not hard. That can be taught. But the mental toughness to deal with disappointment and to deal with different personalities, to deal with people who aren't doing what you expected them to do when you hired them, all that is energy. And you got to know how to control your energy, how to get back your energy. You got to pay attention to your energy and mindset. So and like before, like before I got started, I just used my energy, my high energy to get people's attention before I knew what to even say. So energy and mindset are, are two hidden hacks in this business that'll take you a long way and keep you going on your, your trajectory towards success. Awesome. This has been another episode of the Roofing Success Podcast. If you would like to generate more sales through your digital marketing efforts, please visit roofermarketers.com and get a copy of the book, Internet Marketing for Roofing Contractors, How to Triple Your Sales and Turn Your Roofing Website into an Online Lead Generation Machine. 
Also, check the training section of the website for guides on everything from running effective pay-per-click ads to how to properly set up your Google My Business listing. This has been another episode of the Roofing Success Podcast. Thanks for listening.